1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I have a fascinating discussion with Taylor Lautner, who's a registered nurse, mental health advocate, and co-host of the podcast, the Squeeze, with her husband Taylor Lautner, the actor famous for his role in the Twilight series. Today we talk about her experience as a nurse over COVID, the challenges to her mental health and how she managed them and how her podcast was birthed out of this experience to help people and also how she copes with the demands of being in the public eye, being married to someone famous. So let's dive in. Before we begin today's episode, I want to invite you to join me and thousands around the world doing my annual Brain Detox Challenge. It's not too late to join. In the challenge, you will be working through my NeuroCycle app over 63 days to rewire and heal your brain, helping you kick off the new year right. There is an exclusive Facebook group where you can ask questions, get support, and find more resources. Plus, each week I host a webinar on the app where I answer your questions and share some strategies and helpful tips. To join... Just check out the link in the show notes. Welcome, Taylor. It's so great to chat with you again. We just chatted recently. You and Tay, Boy Tay and Girl Tay interviewed me on Squeeze, on this, what do you call it, the Squeeze, and it was so much fun. And you just, you're amazing what you've done with your life and how you've dedicated your life to helping others. I mean, I think anyone who is a nurse and, you know, that's who you are and you're going to tell my audience about you. Just to go into the nursing profession just tells me what kind of person you are and your compassion to help others and just the way you interviewed me and the things you do and your foundation and you know your life which is a glamorous life but you haven't let that film star image of your husband take you out into the other direction you've totally dedicated your life to supporting others with mental health and I just think it's beautiful so welcome to cleaning up your mental mess I'm thrilled to have you.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you. That was so, so kind. Sweetest intro.
0: And I'm so excited to be here finally talking with you again. So fun. I loved our conversation so much. So, well, let's just start with those of you that don't know you. I'm sure everyone knows you, but they don't know you. Just maybe give us a little background about who you are. And I'd love you to talk just a little in you know, who you are, what you've done, your nursing. and yeah, Just give us yeah. a overview and then we can dive in deeper.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm Tay. I'm one of two Taylors. My husband's name is also Taylor. So that is confusing, but also fun. But I am a registered nurse that I actually worked during COVID. And then I ended up having to leave the hospital due to mental health reasons. Because, you know, as you know, and could imagine working as a COVID nurse during that time was definitely a lot and took a major toll on my mental health. So I decided to step away and I still wanted to like give back and like use the platform that I had to like just like share what I was going through because so many people at that time were struggling with their mental health, like not just professionals, everyone was. So I started this mental health like blog resource thing called Lemons by Tay. And I was doing that for a couple months and the response was just great. I was kind of just like writing, you know, sayings that self-care like routines that I was doing or thoughts that I had on like events or anything, just kind of like on there sharing my thoughts and that a lot of people really responded well to that and just like felt heard, which was great because then then made me feel heard. So it kind of went both ways, which was great. And then after doing that for a couple of months, I decided to start a nonprofit called the Lemons Foundation. And that was about a year and a half ago we just had our first ever fundraising gala for it which was super fun but again we're mental health focused just making resources and tools accessible for everyone because you know mental health tools aren't you know very accessible or they're pricey so we are on a mission to just bring tools and resources to make everything user friendly accessible a big source that we use is social media because that's the younger generation is using. So that's our best way to reach people. And we've just had so much fun with that. And then fast forward a little bit to the beginning of this year, uh, my husband and I started a podcast called The Squeeze, which again, mental health-based shocker. There's definitely a theme going here, but we we talk with each other. We talk with other celebrities. We talk with experts like yourself, just kind of getting a bunch of insights on different outlets, different forms of mental health, different, just kind of like, everything because mental health is such a broad topic love like hearing you know our celebrity guest experiences and what they've been through because like almost every episode either me or Taylor like relates to them which is super fun yeah so so yeah that's kind of what kind of what
0: I've been doing and who I am and the hats that I wear <laughs> you haven't wasted any time with your life that's for sure I mean it's like <laughs> you actually come from a, quite a challenging background as well I mean you had would you like, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? You know, being involved with, we'd be having a family background of addiction and all kinds of stuff, which has really opened you to a lot of understanding and empathy and insight.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The first time I like personally struck, like really struggled with my own mental health was COVID and like working through that. But all my, you know, childhood growing up, it definitely was surrounded by a lot of mental health. There's, I have a lot of family members that struggle with addiction from alcohol to drugs. My cousin, he almost overdosed twice from heroin. And you know, I was with him in the hospital. And I think that like kind of scared <laughs> scared me into anything. I don't really know why my parents brought an eight year old to like ICU. I kind of like questioned them on that later in life. I was like, why did you bring me there? Cause he was like fully intubated everything, tubes everywhere and after that that was kind of like the first time I like I think I felt like pain for someone because I remember driving home from it and like my chest was like really heavy and hurting and like as like an eight nine year old like I like I couldn't process what it was but I was like I just didn't like I didn't understand what was going on and I remember asking parents like why like why doesn't he just stop like why can't like why is he doing this to himself and they like had to try to, you know, you can't like just stop this on how, you know, how addiction works. But I don't even think they used the word addiction. Who knows what they even said to me? Because I don't, I don't know how you tell a kid that. But I definitely watched him go through that, and that was pretty extreme a couple times. And I'm an only child, so he is like my closest cousin in age. And growing up, he was like a brother to me. So that was definitely very impactful for me. And then another portion of my life that had a big, big impact was my friend, Jared. He was like my closest guy friend in my like high school years. He was just like a very kind soul. He would always, you know, come up to me after like a rally. I was on dance team. So every time like dance team would perform there at a football game, he'd like always, you know, tell me how great of a job I did when I was going through a breakup. He was always there for me through girl drama my birthday every year at six a.m. He'd bring me Starbucks. He worked at Starbucks, and he would, you know, leave early to come like drop me off of Starbucks on my birthday to be the first one to tell me happy birthday. So he was just like Food special, dear 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 friend to me. And he ended up being diagnosed with bipolar disorder shortly after high school, and in a manic episode, took his life six years ago. So that that one for me was pretty big because I was like actually kind of able to process it like as an adult I mean I was 20 but still as an adult and that kind of like sparked my love for mental health because like Jared of all people I it just it just like didn't make sense to me and it was definitely really hard so that really like got my interest going and like in nursing school like i loved like my psych rotation in nursing school i thought it was the most awesome thing but yeah those are kind of the biggest things that like really sparked my mental health journey growing up
0: one of my new year's resolutions is to relax more and i'm so happy that i found apollo a wearable that transforms how you feel through your sense of touch to give you more energy a brighter mood deeper relaxation and better flow Apollo Wearable was developed by neuroscientists and physicians to bring balance to your nervous system for less stress, better sleep, more energy, relaxation and focus. It sends silent, soothing vibrations called Apollo vibes that are like music you can feel. Just like music, higher vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while lower vibrations reduce stress and help you relax. You can wear your Apollo on your ankle like me, wrist or attach to your clothing. And use the Apollo Neuro app on your phone, Apple Watch or iPad to select or schedule vibes when and where you need more relaxation, energy focus or more. Apollo is different from other fitness and health wearables. It doesn't track your health biometrics. It actively improves your health by strengthening your nervous system. It has been tested by thousands in clinical and real-world trials. And across our research, Apollo wearable users experience up to 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety, on average up to 19% more time in deep sleep, 11% increase in heart rate variability on average, and up to 25% more focus and concentration. If you want to say goodbye to stress in the new year, check out Apollo. To get $50 off your device, just go to Apolonuro.com forward slash Leaf. That's apolloneuro.com forward slash Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. That's really moving. I see on your webpage, you have pictures of Jared there and you know, people yeah. are on your page and you'll put all the links in the show notes in your foundation, you'll we'll put all of that in the show notes. But you have pictures there and you're very open about that. And it's just, it's, you know, it's 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 people steering, sharing these stories. Like you said, your whole podcast is around people sharing these stories and it's those stories that just help each other. We help each other through those stories, don't we? Just to understand a little bit more about Life is so hard and what can we do to help each other? And it's great to have these conversations. And it's also unique on, unique in your, in your case, in terms of being able to talk to celebrities. And now celebrities are so much more open and talking about the things that they're going through. Cause everyone always thinks, Oh, you know, what can they have going wrong? And even though we know they're battling, it's life is just so hard. So maybe yeah. if you don't know, you can, can you just tell them a little bit about who Oite is? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my husband's been
1: in the entertainment industry since he was like eight. He, he's definitely been in the spotlight for, for quite some time. Obviously he, you know, is known for things like Shark Boy and Lava Girl and he was in the Twilight series. So he's definitely experienced a mass amount of fame and attention and just kind of all of the pandemonium that comes with, you know, these big series like that. So he dealt with a lot in recently, probably like about like five-ish years ago, he kind of took a step back from the industry to just kind of like focus on himself, on his mental health, which is kind of nice because I feel like our journeys of, you know, him healing from that and then me going through COVID and healing from that, they kind of like coincided, which was cool that we got to like experience that on our own but it's so awesome he is you know he's done the work and he is in such an amazing place and he's just he's just excited it's been really cool to like be a part of his journey and watch you know I thought you know when we first started dating he's I always say he's like the most perfect guy he's like a golden retriever to me he's so kind so sweet just like an all-around amazing human you know Each year goes by and I'm like, I didn't think you could get better, but you are getting better. But it's just, it's really cool to, you know,
0: be a part of that and watch him grow like that. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's so interesting that you say about having to pull away just to catch their breath. I've interviewed a few celebrities and I work with a few and it's just, this, it's the same story. that The pressure, the being in the limelight. Can you, are you comfortable talking a little bit about now you are a couple in the spotlight constantly? Every movie is watched. Everything is, you know. I've, I've spoken to a couple of spouses of of celebrities, and it's really quite tough on both. And it's not what not what we all expect. Are you comfortable just sharing a little bit about what that feels like and how you cope and how it's maybe potentially challenged your mental health, both of you, relationships? What are you comfortable? Yeah, sharing? yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely was an adjustment. It's always an adjustment, but it's definitely, was an adjustment at first because I don't come from any type of background in that at all. So, you know, one of the first dates we went on, we, you know, we get in the car and there's like paparazzi and he's like putting like my visor down, like the sun visor down and like driving away and like, didn't like, didn't even really like say anything. And I was like, why'd you put the visor down? He's like, To block the flash, but like so we could see and then to kind of like block your face. And I was like, oh, like I didn't never even thought about that. So just like little things like that would kind of like happen. But I think the coolest thing about Taylor is he just he doesn't like give it attention, not in the sense of like, like he's just so normal. Like speaking to him, you wouldn't like you would never know he was a celebrity unless you
0: No, experience when you did the interview it was just having a conversation with it was beautiful it was a great conversation yeah and
1: I think that's I think that's why you know I was able to date him because like that world kind of definitely is like intimidating but he's just he just like makes it seem so he just doesn't give it the attention which I think has helped us because you know If, you know, if there's like a negative comment or a negative press, which, you know, we've been very lucky and, you know, his fans are amazing and people have just been so kind to us that we don't really deal with that. But, you know, when it happens, he just doesn't like give it the attention. So, you know, then we don't dwell on it, that I'm not, you know, stressing about what other people think of me because it's, it just turns into a cycle. And he's been around it long enough to where he just doesn't really, you know, give it, give, the fame side the attention so that's been great for me and just adjusting to it because we we live very like normal lives obviously we you know we get to do all these fun things and cool stuff but you know we like we go to the grocery store we take the dogs on a walk we like we, we're just very normal you know I fold the laundry we it's just it's very normal and people don't like wouldn't necessarily think that but I think that helps a lot is because taylor is so quote-unquote normal it's not as much of an adjustment for us except you know we did press for the first or i did press for the first time at the beginning of this year with him and like people were like you know like what tips did he give you like what advice was there and we were like we actually didn't even talk about it like we just like went and did it like he didn't even like tell me any advice or like say anything And I think that's just another example of it's like, it just like, it makes it normal. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're getting to do this. Obviously, you know, we have the most amazing opportunities and we're so grateful and thankful, but just not amplifying it to like an insane degree, which is really good that he does.
0: Well, I think that's incredible because it's really keeping that balance. And I love how you stress the word normal so many times, because that is just, it's, it's kind of what you're striving for. We're all striving for a sort of level of just being human and then doing our jobs as opposed to our jobs doing us kind of thing. And that's what you've managed to achieve as a balance from what I'm hearing you say, which is really fantastic. And and so good that you talk about the negative cycle that could potentially arise when people say something about you and everyone experiences this from social media anyway, whether you're famous or not someone says something, you may have five followers and someone says something and it can completely throw you. And if you get caught up in that cycle, whatever you think about the most grows and there goes your mental for yeah. a loop. So it's really, that's very, very challenging. Can we, can we swivel back a little bit to, if you're comfortable as well, back to the time of COVID and just over the time of nursing through COVID, because you make a comment on your webpage that I thought was very moving about How people would say, Am I going to make it through the day? Or is my family member going to make it through the day? And how that, that's, you know, the strain of that. If you're comfortable talking about it, if it's too traumatic, I understand. If you don't want to, but if you maybe, if you, whatever you prepare to share around that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I've definitely learned to, I'm definitely more inclined to talk about things with it. So I'm more than happy to share. I would say that, you know, nursing school did not like, there's no like textbook chapter for like, global pandemic and how to handle that so it was just very much an adjustment I I started working in the hospital like maybe like July August of 2020 so COVID had like happened a little at the beginning of the year not a little it happened at the beginning of the year but then I kind of like toned down a little bit where we only had like one unit that said that was COVID but everything was back to like normal functioning my unit I was on an observation unit and all of our patients were just our normal observation patients. So everything was just like kind of functioning as normal. And that went on for you know, like four months. And then I switched to nights once I was like fully on my own. And then the first week I was on my own, we our unit changed to COVID. And then we went out of ratio and had five patients instead of four. And our church nurse was off the floor in the monitor room because I was on a cardiac floor. So all of our patients had monitors and our monitor tech was out sick. So our charge nurse was in there. So I had no one to like ask for help or, you know, anything. And I remember that, that first night, like going in and out of the rooms because, you know, you walk in. You put everything on, and then you come out. You take it off, and then you re-put everything back on to go into the next room. So it was just like this cycle for like all night of me just going in and out. And like our, our patients were like we were having like higher acuity patients than we should have because like we just were getting like so like overfilled, overflown with with patients. And I remember just going in and out of these rooms, and I was like bawling, just like crying, feeling so overwhelmed, just not like not knowing what to do in the sense of I knew I knew I was like I felt comfortable enough in like my nursing brain to like properly care for the patients, but just it was just so scary because of the degree that, you know, these patients were at. And it was just like a couple months of that. And I would be going in, you know, on my nights off because we were short staffed and my manager would call and be like, can you just come in for like a couple hours just to do vitals? so I would go in from like 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. sometimes just to do vitals to help because i knew what it was like to not have help and so i was like i like i need to help like we're just like at this state of just total like mania and it honestly just felt like i was in a war zone and that's kind of like my best way to describe it we had doubled up a lot of our rooms and our rooms aren't supposed to be doubled up our rooms We only had a couple on our floor that were like the reverse isolation. They had to make all of the rooms that, So there was giant like air ducting through these rooms. It was so claustrophobic. I remember running out of the room, like gasping, ripping myself off, like feeling like I was going to like throw up and like pass Mm -hmm. out and die. Like it's like so many nights of these things. And I would have, you know, patients that we, we had some of the same patients for like, you know, three or four weeks before they ended up going to ICU and then, you know, not making it. But I definitely had a couple that, and this one like lady specifically like comes to mind and uh, like the room she's in and everything. And I remember her like looking at me being like, am I going to make it through this? And like me as like a 20, I was like 22, 23 year old at the time, having someone ask me that, I was just like, I don't even remember what I said to her. Obviously I was like, Said something along the lines of, like, let's not think about that. Let's just focus on getting better. But I watched in the room and I was like, I know she's actually not, she's going to die here. Like, I know. Like, so it was just a lot of, I just got chills saying that again. It was just like a lot of that. And being a new nurse, throwing into that, I was burnt out so fast. But there wasn't time to think about that. And there wasn't time to process. And it was just like flight or fight like the entire time, because, you know, if like someone's dying, you're going to like stop what you're doing and like go. That's just, you know, that's a very nurse mentality. Like, you know, times like we won't go to the bathroom for seven hours because we're just busy and that's just how it is. And that's how like the job is. But I remember one day my husband and I were in the car. We were driving somewhere and he he looked at me and he was like, are you okay?" And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. Like, you know, I just worked the past couple of nights. And he was like, no, but like, are you actually okay? And that was the first time that, you know, anyone had asked me that, that I had ever, you know, thought to be like, how am I doing? Like mentally, like physically, I'm freaking exhausted. But like mentally, like, how am I? And I didn't really like answer. And the conversation just kind of like ended. I think we like arrived at our friend's house and changed the subject. That was it. And then it honestly took probably like six to eight months after that for me to kind of be like, something is actually wrong. Like I need to figure, I need to figure something out because something's wrong. And I ended up actually getting COVID, not from the hospital, actually from visiting my husband at work. So, which was just funny that I worked as a COVID nurse this whole time, never got it working. And then I go and visit my husband and I get it, I get it there, but I ended up actually getting it really bad. And I was out of work for almost two months because I just like, my oxygen would not go like above like 90, 91. So I was just really lightheaded and out of it for two months, but I'm very thankful for that. And I think God was like, you need to chill. And that was like, you know, I'm very thankful for that time. Because it it gave, I couldn't, I really couldn't do anything. Taylor was off filming. So I was just home sitting and I don't sit still very well. That's why I have all of these things that I'm doing. But it gave me the time to be like, okay, how am I actually like doing mentally? And it kind of gave me the opportunity because I don't think I would have ever quit on my own. I don't think I ever would have left because it would have been like, too hard for you know like I was so I was and am still so passionate about nursing and you know I just I was like I worked so hard like for school for this and you know to leave and there was definitely like senior nurses that were like you know making me feel bad if I was to leave so I was just really torn but I think you know getting sick and just having that time I was like okay like actually don't even need to go back. I don't even need to see anyone. I could just be like, I I like physically can't go back. And that's what I ended up doing. It just like wasn't safe for me. Taylor and I were like, this is the best option for me. I ended up being diagnosed with depression, anxiety and like severe PTSD from it.
0: So we were like, this is like, this needs, I need to, I need to leave. You need a change. Did you ever revisit that conversation about how you... You said you examined when you examined yourself, you did some self-examination and really looking once you were at home and sick and you had the chance to do it and you were on your own. Taylor was off filming. Did you, did you ever have that conversation with Taylor again? Did you talk through your emotions? Did you, how did you handle? Did you allow that all to come up? Did you push it down? What did you do to process that trauma and anxiety, which are all, as we, as we were talking about when you interviewed me, those are all signals that, Hey, listen, I I need a rest. I need to change things. I need to have time to 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 deconstruct this and process this
1: yeah i mean it definitely it's kind of funny because i i don't think i actually really started to fully process them until like the end like the end of 21 maybe like a couple months after i had officially quit into the beginning of last year because i finally was able to just like release it in a sense and finally get out of that like the fight or flight cycle that I was in. Cause even though we weren't like in COVID anymore, you know, I was still float to our COVID unit like every once in a while, but I was still just working and was still in the cycle and wasn't able to like fully step out of it and relax my mind and separate it. So I honestly feel like the months after that were the hardest for me because I was finally being hit with everything. Yeah, one of the, like an example that I'd say is the beginning of last year we went to New York for work for my husband and it was my first time going and I've like dreamed of going to New York for years. And, you know, we finally went, it was snowing, it was magical. But I remember we were at dinner with some of our friends and I was sitting there and I was like, I was just like kind of scanning the room and I like genuinely felt very, very, very numb. And I was like, I don't feel happy. I'm not like, I'm like smiling and laughing, but I don't like feel anything. And like, I remember like bringing it up to Taylor and he was like, "Are you not happy?" And I was like, "No, I like I am, but like I don't I don't like feel anything." And that was like kind of the first time I was like really like feeling that. And, you know, this is something that we've like learned as a couple, and you know, that was the first time I think Taylor's ever really been addressed with that and he was like thinking it was something he did wrong. And that was something else we had to work through. It was like, "No, it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. It's like me trying to process so There was like little things of that that I would like bring up, but I didn't really know like fully how to. And then last summer, I really started to dissociate like really bad with life and things. And my, my, I just couldn't like remember names or places or I would just space really easily. But it got to the point where Taylor texted me. He's like, Do you want to go to dinner like at this restaurant? It's a, you know, a place by us that we drive past all the time. I know it. We've been there, all things texting and I'm staring at my phone and I'm like I know I know this name I don't but I don't know like where it is how many times I've been and who I've been with but I know I've been and like it just kept it, it kept getting like it just things just kept happening and that one for me was kind of like the final like straw I was like this is actually kind of scaring me now that I like that this is happening I don't like want this to keep happening so I ended up Starting therapy and getting my brain scanned as well. And my brain scan showed, you know, PTSD and like just further proved that I was actually like dissociating. And it honestly just gave me so much peace knowing that like physically, because obviously like I love like physically like seeing things. So actually knowing that that was what was going on in my brain, like gave me so much peace. And, you know, going through therapy and I recently just did EMDR too for it and those have just been you know like life-changing for me and it's helped definitely helped Taylor and I like have conversations and me try to figure out like I'm not very good with my words when I'm trying to explain my feelings and Taylor is very good with his words and he knows his feelings he knows exactly what like what's going on in his brain and how to like actually get it out so it's been like fun for us to learn I say fun but it was definitely a process but you know, learn me learning how to properly like say my emotions or, you know, he's had to learn to not take things personally. If I wake up having a bad day for him to be like, I know it's not because of me, like because he, you know, he loves me so well and he wants to make sure I'm, you know, happy and, you know, in a good mood and whatnot. And so when I wake up and some days I'm like, I'm I'm actually like not getting out of bed today. I can't move. And he, at first, when those days would happen, he would be like, Oh, no, like, did I do something? Like, what's wrong? And now he's just like, you know, he'll bring me like a heating pad and just like, come like hang out with me for a little and like give me space. So it's, it's been a cool process to like get to work with that, like through that with your spouse.
0: I have been a big fan of Bond Charge's amazing products for a while now, and I'm so excited to share with you about their amazing infrared sauna blanket. If you've been following me for a while, you know how I love the, using the infrared sauna for my mental health. However, I'm always traveling for work and often don't have access to a sauna when I need one to decompress and de-stress. This is why I love Bond Charge's infrared sauna blanket. It works by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise, so it burns calories while, whilst you relax and de-stress. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. It also helps flush out heavy metals and other toxins, supporting your mind, body and health. Plus, using an infrared sauna also helps release endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric after your session. It's an all-round mood booster. The Bond Charge Infrared Sauna Blanket works by using infrared light, which heats up the body directly rather than the air around you, like a traditional sauna. This means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. You also do not need to have your head in the heat like a traditional sauna. I love how easy it is to use and clean and how it takes around a minute to set up. It's also super sleek and lightweight, which makes it great to travel with. Plus, the Bond Charge infrared sauna blanket is made with vegan leather and comes with free shipping and an easy returns policy with a 30-day free trial period. So, make 2024 the year you experience less stress and more relaxation, even when you're on the go. Go to bondcharge.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the coupon code LEAF to save 15% on your infrared sauna blanket that's b-o-n-c-h-a-r-g-e dot com slash leaf and use the coupon code leaf to save 15% the link in details will be in the show notes that's beautiful that's so important i've been be married for 36 and a half years next year and we, we've been together for 36 and a half years now 37 and a half next year and still that 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 ability to connect and to have different ways of connecting. Three in the morning, like, like my husband will be, you say that Taylor has the words, I, I mean, I do this, I'm in this field. But when it comes to myself, it seems like he's got the right words to understand and help me see things differently. And to, to be able to have that connection is really amazing. It builds so much strength and support. So I'm really glad to hear that. But you just, you know, you you represent, I'm so glad you shared so openly about just the journey that you've been on it's so hard to deal with stuff like that and to realize how much you pulled out of yourself, the oxygen mass principle, you just had no oxygen left. You know, and it was just, and, and we have to process that and it's an experience that daily, you're building that experience into your mind-brain-body connection and every part of you, every cell of you, it's, it's there. And, and as you saw with the brains, I think you had a spec done it's the you see the impact it's not that that's the cause it's the impact because our mind is driving that so by the work you've done in the EMDR and the talking and every conversation with Taylor and the therapist is changing the way that you're driving your neuroplasticity it's rewiring your networks and and that's why it's just so important that we do talk so this podcast that you've got has just been a natural from an outpouring of this experience you've had and talking to all these people so My, my next question is you've spoken to so many people. You don't have to share any private things. People can go to your great podcast and listen. But what are some maybe common or outstanding conversations you've had that have really been enlightening and interesting or that you'd just like to share about in terms of helping people to deal with life? Maybe some insights you've gained or. Yeah. 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 I feel
1: like, I feel like every episode we, one of us has like a major takeaway maybe it's like I relate to the guests more and I'm like, oh, I'm so similar in this regard. Or sometimes we'll have a guest be like, you know, I do this and I felt this and Taylor and I will look at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, that's you or oh my gosh, that's me. And it's been really cool. But I feel like a couple of things that I've learned Some like I'm a I'm a big like analogy metaphor person because I like visually like to see things and it just helps my brain. But a couple of things that I've heard is like the scary closet. And that is just like, you know, a closet that's full of trauma and whatever else, scary things that are in it. Our guest that was on, she was like, you know, that closet was like, the hinges were like popping up. It was so full and like everything just came like falling out. And through therapy, she's learned to organize it. So, you know, everything has a box. Everything has a place. It's perfectly aligned in this closet. And, you know, she can now open it without everything flooding out. She can open it and be like, oh, like I want to work through this box today or this box. And then after she puts it away in the box, puts the box in the closet, closes the door and it's done with. I was actually our first guest and I like loved that because I was like, I relate to that completely. And I also love things that are like clean and organized. So I was like, I love like that analogy of like organizing my brain like that. And another one from one of our early guests that I've learned to just, I like incorporate it into like anything I can, because I think it's so important for people to hear. She's an Olympic athlete and she was explaining how like, you know, you break your arm, you like period, ACL, whatever it is, you like, you'll go, you'll have the surgery, you'll do the rehab, you'll take payments, whatever it is to like work through that. And like, why are we not like treating our brains the same way? If my brain is like, you know, I don't want to use the word broken, but if it's damaged, you know, if you break your arm, I'm just saying you break your brain. Not that it's broken, but you know, it's damaged. There's something that needs fixing in it. Yeah, Yeah, we need to to do, you need to do the work just like you would. You're not just going to be like, well, I hope my arm gets better. Like, no, you're going to go get a cast on, do the surgery, whatever. That's the same way like we should be treating our brains. And when I heard that analogy, I was like, oh my gosh, like that. Everyone needs to hear that because like the reason why we're not doing that for our brain, like, you know, we'll take medication to lower our, our cholesterol or we'll take this for our gut or we'll do whatever. What the frick are we not doing that for our brains? So I think those two are like the biggest ones where I'm like, oh my gosh, like my eyes opened. I was like, I love this. So
0: those would be my two of my, my favorite ones. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's why I do what I do for 38 years is to try and help people understand what your mind is. You know, with your mind, you're experiencing all these things and that mind is going into the brain. It's changing the brain. And if you don't do something about it, the brain's still changing. And because uh, the mind is still changing. So the mind's driving the brain. And if you don't, you know, get our mind right, our brain's just going to get more and more messy. So we have to, and you know, it's the response of the brain is really key that we work on that. So that's really great. Those are really great analogies. I, I great. I love those. They're, they're really great. I use that closet one a lot as well. It's really a, a nice one, all the volcano erupting and then how the yep. volcano will then, when it cools down, then it remineralizes the soil and the soil grows back even healthier than before. So in the experiences we've had can, you know, we can learn from those experiences, but if we don't do something about the volcano, it'll keep erupting until we sort that out. And, you know, so these, I agree, analogies are a great way of understanding. And and I just, it's just a, I agree with you, Taylor. I, so many times I've done this for so long, as I said, and, to help people to understand it's it's not your brain doing it. It's your mind that's your brain just does what your mind tells it to do. So your brain is relying on your mind. It's relying on you to do stuff, to recognize the pain in your body and the brain and, and, and all those things like anxiety and all those things are signals that your brain and your body are saying, Hey, I'm tired. I can't, I'm sitting in a restaurant and you're not even enjoying this, but this is something you know you do enjoy, but your body and, Brain and mind, the three are so tired and those are signals telling you I need to stop, I need to regroup and that, 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 it's just so instinctive but yet we're in a world that's telling us exactly what you mentioned earlier on and we talked about this as well in the podcast before, is that the world's telling us that if you, and you know this is doing sight rounds and the biomedical model, well if you have anxiety, you've got a disease, you've got a broken brain, there's something wrong with you as an individual. And then that removes what you've gone through. I mean, you went through COVID as a COVID nurse and totally burnt out and saw these things in childhood. Those experiences are being wired in. That's not just something that's just, you know, going to go away. That's something that you have to work through and process. And, you know, it's not your brain made you do it. It's your experience with your brain and you've got to work on all of it together. And yeah, so that almost that labeling and neutral, it's sort of kind of siloing it down to just a label. Isn't enough. You've got to talk about it. You know, you've got to be able to express it, which is what you're doing so beautifully with your podcast and your foundation. And that's really great. It's really great. Tell us about your foundation. Yeah. So we're just,
1: we're about a year and a half old, but the Lemons Foundation just fully, you know, same focus, mental health. I'm really, really on this mission to provide accessible resources, tools, support for everyone and anyone, no matter, you know, what the, You know, what exactly mental health, you know, from eating disorders to depression to postpartum depression to men's mental health to whatever it is, everything in between. I just want to help make things available for people because, you know, therapy could be expensive and mental health services definitely add up and are pricey. So I'm on, I'm actually in the middle of getting together an advisory board for the foundation, which is gonna be super awesome. So, you know, our we call we call our like podcast listeners lemon drops, and it's kind of just like flown into like all other aspects of foundation and lemon. So our lemon drops, our community is going to be able to like hear from like, you know, from these physicians advice and, you know, their what they would recommend their client to do if they're going through this. And I think that's gonna be really special. For us to get to hear and just make that, you know, as easy as jumping on, reading a blog post, swiping through an Instagram like post, making it digestible because I feel like sometimes mental health things can get really wordy and overwhelming. And like for me, obviously, with my nursing and science background, I love verbiage and like actually hearing that. And Taylor is like, no, that overwhelms me. I don't understand any of these words. So we definitely try to do a little bit of both. So yeah, we're doing that. And I, I recently just got this like idea, passion that I really want to try to integrate more mental health care into the hospital for both patients and healthcare workers. But, you know, obviously me specifically, nurses. I, I kind of just recently realized this, like looking back through working through COVID, I was never like asked how I was doing, like by the hospital. I was never offered any mental health care, you know, you hear these people are like, you know, we don't want a pizza party, but that's like what we got. We got pizza parties. We got, you know, I remember leaving work one day and they were like handing out like foldable, like beach chairs and like things like that. And I was like, this is cute, but like, yeah. what, what are we, what are we doing? Like don't oh, spend the money on that, spend the money on, you know, getting a, getting a therapist, a psychiatrist, someone that can, you know, just like me have like give my, in a perfect world in my brain, it's you know, we get a therapist, a psychologist, someone to just like be designated to a couple floors and to like pull, like spend a week on one floor and just like have a 30 minute talk with everyone, see, you know, how they're doing and, you know, what like tools can they be provided, point them to the right resources because, you know, the only person that really ever like pulled me into talk was my my manager, but she's the one who could fire me. So I'm not going to be like, I hate this job. It sucks. I'm gonna be like, no, everything's great. It's fine. I'm happy. So it just like providing the healthcare workers a safe space to open up, I think is really important. And I didn't even realize that until honestly, maybe like a month ago. Taylor and I were out somewhere and I was I was just talking with someone about, you know, about my hospital experience. And I was like having coffee. And I was like, I think I just realized I never was like asked like how like If I needed like any mental health resources or anything, which is just kind of like crazy to think about that, that was never, never a thing. So that's kind of like my new, my new idea with the foundation
0: is to like actually get out and in the hospitals and help our healthcare workers. I'm so thrilled to hear you say that throughout COVID, I think I didn't, there wasn't a day that didn't pass that we had nurses and doctors reaching out to us through social media Direct messaging, emails, just for support. I did quite a lot of virtuals for different hospitals and different groups, just helping them with using the NeuroCycle system, whatever, but just talking, just talking about it's okay to feel these feelings and that kind of thing. And they, and they said the same thing. And it's, you know, I'm so, so I'm really pleased to hear that you're doing this because they said the same things you did. No one's asking us. We having to, we're breaking people, everything you've described, but no one's actually saying, how are you? You know, and so we just, we realized then the need as well to just be able to provide a forum for people to be able to talk about it and just say it. it's like it, it, COVID aside, just being in the medical world, just being a professional dealing with people's, I mean, I worked in hospitals when I first, my first part of my career and it's, it's a lot and you definitely need a support system for the support system. So this is really great. I'm thrilled to hear you doing that. That's really wonderful. Well, there's so many great things we've discussed today and it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and I look forward to doing this again in the future and congratulations for all the great things that you're doing and how you've turned your life around and how you're just pouring into others in a way that is so necessary. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you for
0: having me. I love that. That was so so fun. It went by so quick. (laughs) I know, it's already like 50 minutes. I know, it just like went by so fast. It really did. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline E. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.